This is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Chris provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Chris Anselmo with Brookside Tax and Financial Group, and I'm here again with Matt, our elder law attorney. And Matt, you brought some guests today. I did. We have Sean and April from Arden Courts, which is right up the road from our, our new building. Sean and April, thank you for, for joining us this morning. Thank you for having us. Yes, thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a special topic, uh, I know, for Chris, because you actually have a, a little bit of a personal relationship with Arden Courts in the past. I do. My uh, father uh, was in a nursing home before he passed, and they were gracious enough to take him. Um, <laughs> we were trying to get rid of him. No, just uh, just kidding. But uh, but we, I was telling earlier, he was at another facility before, and he had to go to the hospital, get some meds right or whatever. And, and while he was at the hospital, the other place said, we don't want him back. And we had like a day because the hospital said, Hey, he's got to go. And we had like a day, maybe a day and a half to find another facility. And, and, and thankfully Arden courts took him in and did a really great job. And, um, he was, he was content there and happy there. So I thank you guys. Thank you. Very happy to have him. So why don't you, whoever wants to start off, um, just why don't you share a little bit about Arden courts with the listener so that they have an understanding of what makes you different from some of the other, assisted living places that we see cropping up everywhere. Sure, absolutely. So Arden Courts is a not-for-profit memory care assisted living. We've been around for about 25 years. Um, the Arden Courts that's right down the street from you is located here in Parma. That building is, I believe, celebrating its going on almost 22 years. 22 years this February. Yes, so we're very excited that we've been able to serve the community for that long. We also have uh, three other locations in the Cleveland area, uh, Westlake, Chagrin Falls, and Bath. And uh, so we have, uh, what we do is memory care. So many of our residents have some sort of dementia and we provide a safe, uh, secure environment for them to live and be able to be who they are in their disease process. So so you say memory care and maybe for the people that aren't are listening and, and they're not sure, what 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 separates memory care from just the general assisted living communities? Well, Matt, that's a great question. You know, I think a lot of facilities and uh, to your earlier question about these places that are just popping up all over, the memory care tends to be an afterthought. Uh, it tends to be a uh, builder decided to just put a locked door somewhere. Nothing's different about the facility, the training of the staff, the programming for the residents. Uh, there's just one locked door and they call it memory care. Our communities across the country were all purposefully built. They spent about five years doing research uh, before they put a single nail into a stud. So everything from the way the physical plant, the building is laid out, the outdoor grounds, the residents are able to wander about safely, our programming 96 hours a week, 
Our staffing, our staff is trained for a full day just on dementia before they ever see the floor and continuing education every month. Uh, every single thing about what we do is specifically geared towards our very unique individuals who all have some sort of memory impairment. Obviously, we can't come in and have in-person tours right now, but I remember I had actually gone to the Westlake location a couple years ago, and, and the thing that really caught my attention, and, and Sean, you've told me that they're all laid out the same way. You have the different colored hallways, and, and okay, I live in the red hallway, I live in green, but it's just the inside is just very homey-seeming. It, yeah. it It's very relaxing and not a... I don't know what the right word like Flashy. sanitized well, yep. but it's not like it's not just not white clinical. wall clinical. yeah clinical is probably a good word it's it's just it's like you're walking into somebody's home and you're not even in their apartments yet but but that's what the outer exterior really brings to mind you know that's a great point matt uh, and that's exactly how we were designed so even the nurses station which every assisted living or nursing home is going to have that's uh, behind a door with a curtain, so it looks like it might just be the office or the den in your house. We are made to feel like this is our residents' home, and that way they're able to thrive rather than just exist. Well, one thing I noticed, you know, when we first started looking for places for my dad, um, I don't know how to put this politely, but... <laughs> I walked in some of them, they just stunk like urine. I'm like, I'm out. I don't care how great a facility, like, I'm not putting my dad here, right? So so yours was very neat, very tidy, it was clean. Uh, everyone was kind of happy. And, and, you know, I don't know how the workers do it because I don't think I could do it because they seem like they're always happy. And to me, I would be depressed, right? But uh it takes a special person to do that. So thank you for all those uh, care workers that, that do that because it's it's hard, you know, and this is, you're gonna see people diminish, right? I mean, they're, my, you know, my dad went from a very vibrant guy working 70 hours, 80 hours a week to eventually, you know, dying in bed, right? So so it's really, a, it takes a special people to do that, but the facility was really nice. You said, it's kind of like it's, everyone's got their own little village, right? I mean, it's kind of neat looking. Some of the other ones you go in, it's just, it's big, it's corporate, uh, it doesn't feel very, you know, sense of community. So, but the nice part was, you know, there, there's a lot of activities. We weren't sure that my dad would thrive there, but you know, he, he was a crooner in his old age. So he, they would <laughs> sing songs and he'd be up dancing. I got pictures of them. I still got videos of him dancing and stuff. I'm not sure he knew what he was saying, but you know, but some of the, um, you know, they, their memories, the long-term, the, the old memory was still there. So he could, sing all those Frank Sinatra songs they were playing. So it was kind of, kind of nice. So uh, again, thank you for that. So. <clears throat> I know, I can't remember which one of you had mentioned a, a few minutes ago about different types of dementia. And, and I know just in, in, our, in, in our meetings with clients, we have different um, fact patterns and different personal dynamics. And I know enough to be dangerous about different types of, of dementia and, and some people that have, have a lot more difficulty at night and the sundowners and things like that. But um, why is it important for a, a memory care facility to, to really understand the different types of dementia? 
So that's a great question. And I don't think people realize people a lot of times will hear the word dementia and just think of uh, it's one thing, one thing. Right. And so there are really over 170 something types of diseases that actually are produce symptoms of dementia. So dementia is this bulk word that basically is a group of symptoms. I think I got two or three of them now. (laughs) (laughs) We all do. (laughs) Um, And so with that, these terms, there's all these different types of diseases that have these dementia symptoms. So in our building alone, we we see multiple types now. And in my 11 years with Arden Courts, when I first started, we'd really only heard about a certain amount of them. And now with so many different changes in the diagnostics, testing of the disease and more research they're you know they're able to find out what each of these diseases are so we have um you have alzheimer's disease lewy body type dementia frontal temporal disease um vascular dementia we're seeing mixed dementia so people with different two two or three multiple types of them um Wernicke Korsakoff's, uh, someone who may have had um, drank heavily in their life, alcohol. Um, so with all these different types of dementias comes different symptoms, comes different behaviors. It's affecting different parts of the brain. So with that, it's our job at Arden Courts to know each individual is gonna be different with their diseases. So we're gonna approach them differently. We know what different triggers can do to them to cause them to have bad moments. So all of our staff, is trained on these different dementias to understand them, understand that how they affect their brain, and understand each individual. So when their care goes on, they're able to limit those types of things that can happen if you're not approaching the the right way, not giving them the, the right care that they need in regards to their dementia. Yeah, I know for us lay people at home, like, you know, we used to just call them senile, right? Mm-hmm. And And things would happen at home, my dad was at home, and it wasn't until he passed and I saw one of these drug commercials where they say people hallucinate and they see things. Now we were talking, Dad, you're nuts, right? And he would see, like he'd say there's people on the back porch or there's somebody in the back. I'm like, Dad, you're out of your mind. I mean, he was out of his mind, right? But it, it, you, know, you guys understand that. We're like just thinking like, Dad, you're crazy, right? right. And so, that's so typical Louie body. Right. Yeah. So it, it's really, it's really hard from a lay person to know what, what type of help he needs because we were just like, yeah, okay, whatever, right? Nobody's, you know, there's, and he would say, there's raccoons on the back porch or something. <laughs> I'm like, dad, there's no raccoons on the back porch, right? But it's, we didn't know any of that and I didn't know any of that. And then sundowners, if you could tell people, it's real. So if you want to tell people what sundowners are, is it's, Sure, absolutely. So I want you to think of what a day what a day like is for you when you have a really busy day and you got a lot going on. And by the end of your day, how do you feel? You're exhausted, right? So imagine being in the brain of someone who is confused, not aware of their environment. Every single moment is is um, frustrating for them. And by the end of that time of the day, it gets even, it's it's like all day long, you get worked up, worked up, and then at that point, it's like everything just comes at him. Yeah, so my, you're exhausted. My dad would get belligerent. And oh. he would start, and my dad, to his credit, I, I rarely ever heard my dad swear when we grew up, and he would be swearing like a drunken sailor, right? I mean, <laughs> and like, Dad, shh, you know, you're, you know, and he would he would get mad and mean, and, uh, and somebody said this is sundowners, and again, we didn't we didn't know what that was, and we didn't believe it, and and uh, but it, it's it's real. Yeah, so. it's like thinking your brain, your their brains are so different than ours, right? And so, 
we, you know, we, we're at the end of our day are able to calm down and relax. And for them, it's just not that way. They just become more confused because of such a long, frustrating day. And then you also think about the time, the light changes outside. Yeah. It confuses them, not knowing if it's night or day or, you know, especially when we have like now, thank God it's getting closer to spring. <laughs> um, but when that change of um, the time schedule, daylight savings time, and then, you know, it's darker at five o'clock. You know, they think it's night, it's time for bed, it's dark outside. So there's all these little things that can confuse them. Even just the, the physical light in the building can confuse them as to those types of things. So yeah, sundowners is definitely real. Uh, we definitely see some um, frustrations by the end of the day. And um, it's all about how you manage it and how you handle it. And you give them that environment. So if they need to pace more, if they need to walk more, to walk off that energy by the end of the day, Arden Courts has that area, that space for them to do that sort of thing and let them be who they are. And April, you said a couple of minutes ago, like imagine being in that situation. You actually have some type of simulation through your different communities where, where people can simulate yes. that and, and experience it, right? Can you yes. talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. And I can't wait till we get through this COVID time to be able to start doing it again. Um, but we do have um, a program called, that we do called the Virtual Dementia Tour. It's a program that was designed by Second Wind Dreams. And basically it is where we put you in a room. We take away your physical and sensory abilities and give you tasks to do, multiple tasks to do. And put you in the mind of what it's like to have the disease, the frustrations, the behaviors that may occur, the, the, what you may do in the room really simulates what they do every day. And we're, we're putting you in there for seven minutes and they experience it all day long, 24 seven. So, but it just gives you a snippet of what that looks like. Yeah, I know when it first started for my dad, he probably had Louis bodies for maybe six or seven years before I got back. But there'd be times when he would just start talking, he says, I just can't get it out of my head. Like I, I know what I want to say, but I just can't get it. Out. And it's, and it's frustrating. And it was frustrating really for my mom. Um, you know, I no nobody ever wants to put their, their loved one in a nursing home. And, and my dad, if, literally if my mom didn't get injured, my dad would have probably most likely died at home, but I, he was better off there. And my mom was better off that he was there because it was stressful for my mom watch him decline and 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 we didn't know, know everything to do what to do you know he we were fortunate he still had all his faculties where he could bathe himself walk eat you know everything he didn't have to do any continence was fine but but not everyone's so fortunate right? well, yeah that, oh i'm sorry oh i'm sorry i was just gonna say that we see that so often with the families that come in and it's oftentimes just as much the the spouse that needs some help it's the same for that spouse that's been providing help for years and, and they're just burnt out and, and just exhausted. I mean, it, it, if, if you could talk to someone at home right now that's listening that, that is caring for a loved one that has dementia, is there anything that you would tell them to, you know, words of advice or encouragement or anything like that? I would just say that there are resources out there there are so many other families going through what you're going through. I think probably in the evenings after a long day, after you've been through sundowners, you probably uh, feel pretty down, uh, pretty depressed, like you're the only one having to deal with this. There are resources out there. Um, reach out to us. We'd be more than happy to walk you through some different techniques and things like that. 
But just kind of touching on um, what you spoke of there earlier with the, you know, a lot of times spouses feel this guilt that they don't want to put their person into a community, a facility. Um, But I think you also touched on your dad was better off once he joined the community. And I sort of alluded to it earlier. I think a lot of times when a person is keeping their loved one at home, they're able to allow them to exist, but they're not necessarily thriving. Uh, and that goes for both spouses, both the memory impaired and the um, non-affected person, because um, the in this case, you know, the wife, her roles have changed. She's become a nursemaid. She's become a cook and a housekeeper and everything else. She's not able to be wife to her husband any longer. Um, we see this just tremendous weight lifted from individuals, both Uh, that join the community and the family involved when the person um, can join our community, participate in programs, have their needs met by our staff, and then um, their wife, their adult children, grandchildren, neighbors can come and visit them in that role um, and just share a nice afternoon, um, come to one of our evening concerts um, where they might be dancing and singing, uh, come for a cookout, that sort of thing, um, and just be able to participate as as that role that they signed up for rather than having to be the caretaker and all these other number of things right that's what that's what the people that are on your staff were trained for is to be able to do that to let them get back to being the the cheerleader the spouse the the daughter the son like there's so many other important things for them to be able to hang on to those memories and and keep the relationship and not just be constantly exhausted by the the need to be doing something get there are people out there that can help you with that side of it so you can get back to to life with and enjoying your time left with your loved one let me ask you if if people aren't to that stage yet is you have a sister facility like for i don't say independent living but you're just a memory care section what happens if people aren't there yet where it is i don't know if it's called Arden courts but i think you have another facility next door to you or something so so yeah so to break it down into like what it is you have independent living assisted living assisted living memory care which Arden courts is and then nursing care skilled care so our partnership is promedica senior care which is of parma which is right next door to us um they are our sister facility but they are a long-term care skilled nursing facility so the difference is is they take um you know someone in and out if they're getting a skilled uh, rehab and or for long term somebody who is more progressed so be, be in in regards to before that we have some partnerships with you know independent living areas and assisted livings in the area that we work with that we feel comfortable referring a family to and saying hey listen you know they're not ready for us yet they can probably benefit from our independent environment here and then when the time comes then we can re- move them into our memory care i do want to add to um what just to add on to what sean said is that you know to tell families they're not alone 
They are not alone in this. You don't realize how many other people are also going through this. The statistics are incredible. Um, and we have, I personally run two virtual support groups online for families to attend to. Right now, especially in the time of COVID, you can't come in. So um, they're they're welcome to reach out to me um, with, with my phone numbers, 216-385-1610. My name, again, my name is April Suva and um, I have, uh, dementia support group that is the second Tuesday of every month and then I have a Lewy body support group which is the third uh, excuse me the fourth Tuesday of every month so there are resources available and anybody them. can come to those they don't have to be no nope, uh, absolutely not right. anybody I have people from all over Cleveland that join I have spouses I have children um, it's just an environment for them to talk about their frustrations have someone explain maybe if there's something clinical, technical that they need to understand, like, why is my husband doing this? Like, why, why are they doing this crazy thing? And we, we help them and other families help them that are on there too. Like, this is what I have done. Maybe this will work for you. Yeah, it, it's just, it's important to have outreach people like you because I can tell you just from personal, we didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like my, my dad, um, he had eight brothers and sisters, and most of them died of heart attacks, many of them before they were in 50. So we had never thought that my dad would end up in, like, he's just going to drop dead like the rest of them, right? So so when that all came about, we're like, we had, we had no prior experience of what to do. So um, Nobody and, does. Yeah. Nobody expects this to happen. And it's, it's tough because you don't, like you said, the hallucinations, those strange things that are happening, you're like, what is going on? And you think of your dad as your dad, yeah. right? It's hard to change that. There's this brain disease that's making him do these things. Yeah. And it's tough. And there's a, there's a part of it, it seems like he, he knows what's going on. There's part, you know, sometimes there's a light, you know, mm-hmm. and you say, hey, well, it's not, he's not all gone yet. But, but I think it's really important just for the, the person at home. Uh, you know, my mom, basically put her life on hold for those five or six years. And look, they're going to do it because they've been married for 50, 60 years. But I think the disease, I don't know if this is the right way of saying it, I think it was tougher on my mom than my dad. Mm-hmm. My dad, it was just happening to him. Right. He didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So um, so for all you uh, spouses out there, look, reach out, um, get some support. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's not, but maybe they can help you determine when's the right time. Because um, there's going to be a point in time where you, you just can't handle it yourself. So, Absolutely. And statistically, what are the stats on people? I think we always say two out of three people over 70 will spend some time in a nursing home. So, some form of yeah, long-term care. Yeah, so right. it's, uh, it's not that nobody ever thinks it's going to happen to them, right? And when we do seminars and I, and I say, you know, this is, you got to plan for this because it's, it's it's not only emotional, but it, it's going to be expensive, right? So um, we got to set aside money for this. So we want to make sure we plan right for that. So, um, but you just don't want to not plan for it because if two out of three people it's happening to, I tell people like if two out of three of your houses were going to burn down, would you do something? And you would, right? But you know, yeah, I tell families all the time: knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. You get this diagnosis even in the beginning. And as traumatic as it is to get this diagnosis, okay, you know, they're not there yet. We're not ready. But most of the times, most of our families that move in are in an emergency situation. Like you were, you had a day to find a place, a day, day. right? So I had to go buy him clothes Yeah, because his clothes were at the other facility. 
So he was in hospital gowns, right? So I literally went to, I think, with the BJ's Wholesale Club and just grabbed some sweats and stuff and, and got him over there because they want, because the, the hospital's like, well, we can't do anymore and he has to leave because he only has so many days or whatever it was. I don't know what it was, but it, it was pretty frustrating. It is frustrating and it's scary. And so that a lot of people are in crisis mode when it comes to that moving. And then what if there's no beds available? What if, what if they make like these decisions based on fear and and timely manners. So I always tell families, knowledge is power. Know going forward, okay, if this happens, this is where I want them to go. If this happens, this next step, we may never get here, maybe he'll stay home the entire time, but if something should happen and I reach a point that I can't do this anymore, or if there's an emergency, this is where we want them to go. So planning is so important, even if it's down the road, but having an idea of what's to come and where you want them to go because it puts you in control, then you still have control of this. So we're about out of time, but any final, I want to make sure you give me your phone number one more time, any final comments? And we could always do another one of these if you want to, so it's hard to get it all in on one podcast, but. No, well, absolutely. I just want to say, you know, you're able to go to our website, which is www.arden, A-R-D-E-N, um, uh, hyphen. Sli- what? Hyphen. hyphen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Co- court, C-O-U-R-T-S dot org. Um, on their list, our website, it lists any of our upcoming seminars and information. Um, we do have recorded seminars on our websites. We do them monthly. Um, so, again, the education is there. It lists our locations that are here in the Cleveland area. And, again, my cell phone is 216-385-1610. And I just want to kind of chime in. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're uh, using the Brookside services uh, and you're a planner, want to kind of get your affairs in order, um, you know, you can always reach out to one of our memory care advisors. You can take a tour, um, start building that relationship so that when it becomes time, uh, we've already got the foundation laid. We can move a little bit more uh, quickly that way. Um, both Chris's family and my own sort of ended up in crisis mode and uh, by the grace of God came across the Arden Courts product. Um, but we were, you know, it was dumb luck, so to speak. Would have been much better if we had a plan already in place. I do work with several families who have us uh, listed in their um, will or their um, powers of their powers of attorney so that if something should happen to the healthy spouse, uh, the non-affected spouse, that the executor of the estate or uh, power of attorney knows exactly what their their wishes are, that they move in to the community that we've already built the relationship with. So, you know, if you're listening to this, you're obviously a planner. I would say this would be one more step you could get to really get your affairs in order so you don't leave anything to chance in the long run uh, should something happen. Okay, that does it for today. Again, my name is Chris Anselmo with Matt uh, Snyder here at uh, Brookside Tax and Anselmo and Company. So uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Road to Retirement. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Call 440-886-3550 
or visit them online at brooksidetax.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services are offered by Brookside Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio. Insurance products and services are offered through Brookside Tax and Financial Group, LLC, an affiliated company. Chris Anselmo and Brookside Tax Financial Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.